Well, praise the Lord and welcome to the broadcast today. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here in my office at Crossway Church. Glad you're with us whenever it might be that you are with us. We're in the book of Hebrews chapter 2, so you can go ahead and grab your Bibles wherever you are, your smartphones with all your Bible uh, smart things on it, and we'll just, uh, just be asking the Lord this morning to bless us with meat Bless us with the truth of His Word that we might see a greater picture of our Christ, Jesus, and uh, learn to trust Him more, learn to love Him more, and just be found walking with Him daily and uh, being trained for the future, equipped for the work of the ministry uh, that lies before all of us as the children of God. And this has been such a great broadcast, this study in Hebrews, and uh, this is part 7 today, Hebrews chapter 2, and uh, we'll just believe God again. We'll believe God to impart that which we need into our hearts today. Only He can do that. We can't impart anything into each other's lives. We can encourage each other if we use the Scriptures and uh, in the right context. And, and we just praise God for what He's saying and what He's doing in these last days. He promised long ago, even under the Old Covenant, that the path of the just would shine more unto that perfect day. That means in each Christian's life, at the end of our lives and even along the way toward the end of our lives or toward the coming of the Lord, that the path that we're on should be shining more to us than ever before. And also, I believe, that refers to the church throughout history. We're here at the closeout. We're at the very closeout of this era called the times of the Gentiles when the light of this path of the just that we are on as Christians should be the brightest it's ever been. And I'm talking about the illumination of Christ who is our light in the Scriptures. We should be seeing more of Christ and His finished work in the Scriptures than ever, ever before in the history of the church because the path of the just shines more. And tomorrow, if we're still here, it will shine even more so. But only the path of the just shines more. God is not shining more of anything outside of that path of the justified, the path of the righteous, the path where those are on who were led into His truth. It is the path of righteousness. You've got to understand that. It's not the most of what calls itself Christianity. It's not the most of that. It, you can be a born-again Christian and not be on the path of righteousness. You'd not be found running the race that's been set before us. And uh, God is bringing His remnant, His people, as many as will hear and come, back to the place of faith and grace, back to the focus of Christ as the sacrificial lamb. Hallelujah. Again, let me remind us before we dig into the Scriptures. If you're going to see Jesus properly, you're going to have to look upon Him as the Lamb of God. I'm not talking about imagining a bloody corpse hanging on a cross. I'm talking about realizing that through that avenue, God saved you, God will sanctify you. Through that avenue alone, do you overcome sin today? Not by any even biblical things that we're called to do and to walk in. Are you going to find deliverance? Because that would be us placing our faith in our own works. But we have to remain faithful 
to the sacrifice. Jesus is in heaven. John saw him there. The beast bowing down. The elders bowing down, placing their their, their crowns before the, this one who has the appearance as a lamb that has been slain. Not some resurrected, glorious, golden crown. And why uh, this one who has the appearance of one who's been slain as a lamb. And when Jesus comes back, he is going to come back not wearing some big royal purple robe, but a vesture, a cloak dipped in blood and his name is written on his thigh and his name is the word of God. And that in and of itself shows us that you can never separate the word of God from that precious blood that was shed. For there is no power, faith cannot come. I don't care what you thought was a move of God, what you felt, the emotions you had, faith cannot come when our, when, when our faith is not in the Word of God in its sacrificial context of Jesus Christ. I'm sorry for, for where we've been as a church for almost the entire existence. I'm sorry that when you talk about these things with others that are born-again Christians, all they can do is revert back to some experience or something they claim God did. And let me just give you this example. I give it every once in a while. You can go stand in that corner over there and shake all over for 30 minutes. I'm not going to tell you it's not a move of God, but you have no way of proving that was a move of God. And God forbid that we just live our lives in ways with, with fruit, with the fruit of things that cannot be proven scripturally that they're God. God wants to show, this is what God wants to see and He is looking for in every Christian's life. He wants to see the fruit of our approval. He's approved of us through our faith in the one He approved of at Calvary. His son, Jesus Christ. He approved of us. Now he says, study the word to show yourself approved. That means the character of Christ, the fruit of Christ, the, the growth in his knowledge and his grace. Hallelujah. Not something that I just say is God. I mean, cults think they're serving God. They really believe it. We have the word of God the Spirit of God that brings forth the fruit of the Lord that can scripturally, scripturally be confirmed when it's confirmed in the context of the context of God's Word, His righteousness. All of His words are in righteousness. Proverbs 8 and 8. That's paramount. If you care anything about Scripture, learning Scripture, the truth of the Scripture to confirm that you are daily on the right path, trusting in the right thing, the context of God's Word, all of God's words are in righteousness. And it's the truth that reveals His righteousness. Proverbs 12 and 17, He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. I hope that you aren't hearing these Scriptures and having any an excitement for them and then not clinging to them, not taking the more earnest heed to follow after these scriptures that I put before you at all the time. 
I want you to know these things can slip away. We can be actually, we can find ourselves in a place where we're hearing things and we're oh so excited about it. And 90 days later, we've dumped that same place. We've dumped everything else. We're just looking for something. We, we need to stop, be still, and see the salvation of our God being worked into our hearts by the Holy Spirit through our faith in the scriptures God has given us. Because as long as we're trusting in that finished work of Christ, the Holy Spirit then can teach us. The word disciple means learner. And Jesus taught emphatically in Luke 14, 27 that you cannot be his disciple unless you take up your cross and follow him. Amen. And your cross is your faith in what happened at Calvary. Hallelujah. If you get that wrong... If we get that wrong, we're going to be in big trouble. Hebrews chapter 2, we're going to read verse 11. Not going to get too much into it. We covered it last session. Please go back and listen to it if you missed it. For both he that sanctifies and they who are sanctified are all of one. And because of that, that's what he actually says here, for which cause and because of that, us all being one, the sanctifier and the sanctified, which took place through his blood being shed for us and our faith in that, for that cause, because of that, he is not ashamed to call us brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Verse 12 says, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brothers. In the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children which God has given me. Now this is all pulled. Again, I want you to recognize something here. The Holy Spirit reaches back in and through the writer of Hebrews. He reaches back into the book of Psalms and pulls from it into the new covenant, bringing that which was a type and a shadow of Christ and what he would do at Calvary into the light of the reality of what he's done at Calvary. If you go back and you read Psalms 22, and I'm only going to read one verse that, 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 that brings us into what, what he says right here in Psalms 22 and 22, this is prophetically speaking of what actually was carried out at Calvary. And before I read this, just make a note to go back and read Psalm 22. Most of you probably already know this, but Psalms 22 is a picture of what Christ would suffer at Calvary, being surrounded by the, the bulls of Bashan, Bashan and, and his, all of his bones being able to be seen there. He says that he can even count all his bones. They whipped him to the point. The Bible in another place says that you couldn't even recognize him as a man. They whipped him, pulled his beard out, crown of thorns. And Psalms 22 is a prophetic picture of what would take place at Calvary. And in the midst of that, this praise comes out. Watch this, Psalms 22 and 22. I will declare thy name unto my brothers. In the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. Now that is in that same 22nd chapter of Psalms that is the prophetic picture of Christ being crucified. 
his enemies surrounding him, mocking him, scourging him, uh, having beaten him to, to the point where he can see all his bones. You go read that, your heart will break, but at the same time it will rejoice because in the midst of all that, he says, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. It reminds me of Moses in Exodus 32 and 33 when he asked the Lord, show me your glory. And the Lord takes Moses and puts him in the cleft of the rock and he passes by and, and, and he, he obliges Moses. He, he shows him his glory, but he does it. And this has always amazed me. He shows Moses his glory by walking by and declaring his name to him. And, and then he lists these things uh, that, that he's going to do, that he, he's going to be merciful and gracious to those that he will be merciful and gracious to. He's, he's going to forgive the iniquity of thousands and thousands and thousands. And all those things he proclaims to Moses in showing him his glory is what Christ would carry out and fulfill in his own death at Calvary. I want you to understand that. that he was showing Moses his glory by declaring his name to him. And this scripture in here in verse 12 says, saying, and, and you got to keep this in the context of Calvary. Let's go back and read verse 11 so we can roll into verse 12. That's the way you have to study the scriptures, my friend. For both, verse 11, for both he that sanctifies, he that shed his blood and gave his life for us, and they who are sanctified... Us who believed upon Christ, we've been set apart by Him through faith in the shedding of His blood, are all of one. That one baptism unto death, hallelujah, that one faith, that one hope of our calling, that oneness we have in Christ Jesus. And because of that, He's not ashamed to call us brothers and sisters. He's not ashamed to call us family, saying... Now, now, now he's that we're in the context of Calvary. For there he sanctified us. There we were sanctified. And in the midst of that, and we see it in Psalms 22, in the midst of all that, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brothers. Remember Moses and the glory of God. In the midst of the church, I will sing praise unto thee. This is the prophetic of Christ being brought into the reality of Christ for those who have eyes to see who He is and what He accomplished at Calvary. Because at the cross, the brightness of God's glory was being seen in Christ. Christ is the brightness of God's glory. Let's go back to chapter 1 here in Hebrews verse 3. Who being the brightness of His glory. The, there is you, If you're crying out for the glory of God, my friend, begging God your whole life for the glory, look to the cross. There you find the brightness of Christ in the glory of God. The greatest revelation, the greatest picture God has ever given us of Himself is what He did in Christ at Calvary. There are, there are millions today crying out in worship services, show me your glory, show me your glory, because that's something Moses did and, and others want to see the glory of God. Look to Christ. You, if you're not, look, listen, look to Jesus Christ and what He did at Calvary and you will see the brightness of God's glory. 
If you're looking anywhere else, if you're begging God for the glory of God, yet refusing to look to Christ and what He did at Calvary, or you claim you are, but you're wanting more glory, you've got to keep your faith in the only avenue that you're able to see the brightness, the fullness of God's glory. Watch. Who being the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person and upholding all things by the word... Of his power. His power is that he laid his life down and raised it up again. When he had by, here's the proof of it, when he had by himself purged us from our sins, or purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. I, I want you to get that today. In the midst of the crucifixion of Christ, Christ was declaring the name of the Lord to his brothers and sisters. In the midst of the church, he's going to sing praise unto God. Are you singing praise unto God? Are you worshiping God in spirit and in truth? Are you, are you still begging God to, for his glory when he's already given you the fullness of his glory in Christ Jesus? See, if we're, if we're begging God in these worship services for His show me your glory. Oh, we just want your glory. It's not, really, it's not really His glory that we want if we're rejecting the way of His glory given to us, the way of His glory shown to us. It's something else we're really after. I know I've been there. I've been there for years crying out for something. And God sees the deepest parts of our heart. God knows what we're really after. And those that are really after the truth, those who are really after the look upon God's glory, God cannot, God's only going to show you Christ. I want you to know that. God's only going to show you Christ. He, he showed, when Moses begged God to show him his glory, he had to put him first in the cleft of the rock, which was symbolic of us being put in Christ, who is the rock of our salvation, so that we can have him as the hope of our glory dwelling in us and be able to behold that glory, the brightness of who he is through what he did at Calvary every single day of our lives. And we don't have to stand around and be, oh, show me your glory. Show me your... You just need to be praying, God, show me a greater picture of Christ and what He accomplished for me at Calvary. But the church today don't want to hear about sin. They don't want to hear about the cross. They think that's yesterday's news. And that's what's wrong with our nation because of our church having the issue of begging God for glory that He's already... He, he's begging us to see His glory. He's begging begging us to look at it, to behold the brightness of the one who is His glory. He, he's begging the church to come back to the place where we can declare that we've not seen the righteous begging for bread. But we don't have to because it's been freely given to us. Hallelujah. He says in verse 13, And again I will put my trust in Him. And again, behold, I and the children which God has given me. Think about this. Now he, he's speaking prophetically from Psalms chapter 22. This is the only avenue of God having children. Everybody's not a child of God. 
The Bible, most people on the planet today will say we're all the children of God. No, we're all the creation of God. But the only avenue of becoming a child of God is to be delivered from being a child of the devil in which we are born in this life. We have to be born again. You must be born again. The, the, the status of the children of God are in Christ Jesus. Outside of being in Christ Jesus, not in a church, not giving money, not singing, not reading the Bible, but outside of being in Christ Jesus, immersed into His death, Romans 6, 3, through faith for the forgiveness of your sins. Not that and something, that alone. Christ is your Savior through what He did at Calvary, for there He sanctified you. There you were sanctified with Him through your faith in His Death, nothing else. Not, not what you go and add to that. Adding to what Jesus did eliminates us from the grace He offers us in that place. Read Galatians chapter 5. And He says in verse 13, And again, I mean, if you got to get your mind set out of this was just some man wrote this. This was the Spirit of God inspiring men to write what He was telling them. If you make it to that point and just trust that the Bible is the Word of God and believe that without all the interruptions and distractions of the enemy and men's flesh, saying, well, men wrote this and men might have... No, that's a heart of unbelief. And something I said in last night's message was very profound to me anyway. God hides His wonderful truths from unbelievers. Unbelievers do not find the truths of God. Believers, He shows the truth. Unbelief sees nothing. Faith gives you eyes to see. The Bible says, The secret of the Lord is with them that fear Him, and He shows them His covenant. To fear Him means to depend upon Him, trust Him, to value Him above all things, to seek Him for His way. And again, let me say this today. God sees the hearts. We can say, I want more of you, but it not really be more of Him we're after. You need to understand that. The Lord told me just a few years ago, you'll know those who want truth. Because when they hear it, they will latch on to it. Everybody who says they're looking for truth is not really looking for truth. Everybody who lifts holy hands to worship is not really worshiping God. I tell this story. I'll tell it here at the end of the broadcast today. Years ago, there was a, a, a Muslim, and we didn't know he was a Muslim. We, we, we thought he was uh, just another Christian from a foreign country where mostly the people there are Islamic, Muslims. He was in our sanctuary, not here at Crossway Church. It was years before. Had his hands lifted in worship, tears running down his face, and he had the appearance of every other worshiper in the sanctuary. And several weeks went on there, and he was there in fellowship. He was there in worship. And, and you and I can be duped. 
You and I can be duped by the sweetness and the nice manners and the hands lifted and the tears, but God can never be duped. God cannot be mocked. God sees the reality of every heart. God sees the hands who are lifted, tears running down their face because they can't pay their light bill, because this happened to them bad, because that had their cry. God sees the reality. He knows our hearts. And this guy comes up to me one day and says, You know, Curtis, our Koran is just like your, your, the Bible. And I said, I'd like to talk to you about that sometime. And he came in. We spent two and a half hours one day in my office. And when he got up to leave, his final words to me were, I just can't call Jesus Lord. I can't say that he's God. And I told him, well, I said, well, I just wanted you to understand that your Koran is not like our Bible. And he never came back. That would have happened far earlier than that had the gospel been being preached in that place. The power of the gospel, the word of Christ's power, the message of the cross. It eliminates everything else. It, it saves or it eliminates. It receives or it rejects. Let me say that again. It saves or it denies. It rejects. God has His arms wide open to those who will come to Him through faith in His Son Jesus Christ and His, His sacrificial work at Calvary alone. Outside of that... God is rejecting all peoples. You read in Hebrews 12 about Esau seeking repentance with tears. But the Bible says he couldn't find it because he was rejected. Outside of faith in the cross of Christ, there is a rejection from God because here's how God sees it. My trusting in anything other than the cross of Christ is me rejecting Him. And if I deny Him, even if I think I'm running a hundred miles toward Him, hundred miles an hour, full steam ahead toward God, He sees the reality of it, and I could just as well be running that fast away from God and am if I'm not trusting in the work of Christ at Calvary. And I know there are those who are weak in the faith. There are those who are growing and moving in the faith, becoming stronger in the faith, but there are just those that flat out aren't trusting in the cross. They think they've moved beyond that. They don't need that anymore. They've gone on. That was yesterday. Yes, that got us saved, but today we found this avenue that the power of God, and it's deception. It's deception. God only works in truth because truth because grace is only found in truth. Grace is only found in truth. And grace is what God does in our lives. And He doesn't just do anyway. It takes faith in the cross for God to move in and begin the good work and to continue the good work. Many Christians, all Christians need to read Galatians chapter 5 and to understand 
that I can remove myself from Him because not knowing that I'm rejecting God through faith in something, anything I'm doing instead of what Christ did, not knowing that is a denial of God. I mean, think about Titus 1 and 16. They profess they know God, but by their works or in their works, they deny Him. My works deny God. The work, finished work of Christ, if that's what my faith is in, then the Holy Spirit is working in me and through me. And it's His work and His fruit. But if it's not my faith in the cross today, not these things I'm reading in the books today, not these big fads that pile up and, and draw thousands in these conferences because now we found this new way that God's going to pour His power out on us. No, my friend, that's all a denial of God. The only place we can agree with God and accept God or on His terms is faith in the cross. That's what God has given us to be able to believe upon Him. And we'll jump back in this in, in, in one of a, a, a very, very paramount scripture is the next one we'll jump into this next Monday morning at 8.30 a.m. right here in my office. Verse 14 shows us that it wasn't the resurrection that stole the power of death away from the devil, but the very death of Jesus. We're going to see that in the Word, and that's what we have to have is the Word. Amen? Not what Daddy said, not what my preacher over here said. What does God's Word say? It's been a precious Bible study today. I hope you've gleaned something heard from the Lord, for He's the one who will have to impart the truth into your heart. He's the only one that can guide you into more truth as you see the righteousness of Christ, He's trying to show you through the truth He's speaking to you. Because we cannot go from faith to faith unless God's righteousness is being revealed in the gospel. Romans 1, 16, 17. Praise God. Look forward to seeing you uh, tomorrow morning as we continue our Bible study on 2 Timothy. And I just appreciate every opportunity I have to be online to share God's words of great truth to anyone who has ears to hear for God's doing great things in these last few moments of this age, this era called the times of the Gentiles that is about to close at any moment. So pray for us. We're praying for you. Don't forget to sow into good ground where you're hearing the truth and learning the wonderful truths of Christ and what He did for you at Calvary in the Word of God. Hallelujah. You can donate online at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can give by texting the word GIVE to 903-231-5950. Sow where God tells you to sow and sow what God tells you to sow and you'll find the consequences of obeying God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'll see you next time, but until then... Stay determined to know absolutely nothing, literally, but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.